This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley. Did you know an estimated 8,000 Georgia women will be diagnosed with breast cancer this year? And they, as well as the thousands diagnosed before them, may face unique survivorship concerns and issues, including their medical care, the risk of reoccurrence, the stress, and the feelings of being alone. We are joined on the program today by Katie Stone. She is the CEO of Komen Atlanta. There are a couple of events coming up in the community that we want to make you aware of. And there's also just great information about the work that Komen is doing for the 8,000 women in Georgia who will get that diagnosis and the many survivors who are in the community. Katie, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming in. So nice to be back. So I know everybody in the and the community is thinking about the launch of uh, fall society season. And I had a chance to sit down with Lila Hertz uh, recently to talk about Jeffrey Fashion Cares. And I learned that Coleman Atlanta is a benefactor of that event. We are. And just like you, Lila is one of my favorite people. And Jeffrey Fashion Cares is celebrating its 27th year and Komen Atlanta has been one of the beneficiaries along with the Atlanta AIDS Fund, another amazing organization. And funds are raised by the Society of Atlanta coming out to a New York catwalk runway show, something you wouldn't expect to see in Atlanta. But it's a bunch of um, people who community minded people who understand that you can come out and have a great time while benefiting some really important work in the community. I'm sure that fundraiser helps you to do and your organization to do great work in our community. It does. It provides much-needed funds that we put right back into Atlanta to provide screening and diagnostic services and lots of education for the women right here in our own backyard. And one of the things that Lila told me is that she is a survivor. She is a survivor, and what she was involved with Komen before she was diagnosed with breast cancer. I don't know if she told you that, but then she became more involved and has now been the board president of our organization twice. Great people in the community, and of course, Lila is... Mrs. Doug Hertz from United Distributors, and the two of them I know many times have been named philanthropist of the year in the community. And when they call, the community does step up. They do. And it all comes from their heart. They're not doing it for any recognition. It's just they know what they can do to help people in need, and they step up and they do it. They're wonderful people. A smaller event up at St. Joseph's Hospital, the objective is to engage, educate, and empower women who are going through the breast cancer journey, as well as those who are on the other end in the survivorship phase. Tell us about that. We've done this event with Emory St. Joe's for several years, and it's just a wonderful way to bring people together. What I like to see at this event is that not only are survivors attending, but their caregivers come with them, all interested in hearing from some of the best breast cancer clinicians and researchers and doctors in our city who can educate them a little bit more about what their uh, survivorship journey might look like and questions to ask their own doctors. Why is it important for those caregivers to participate? Sometimes caregivers get forgotten, and it's a very difficult uh, thing to do to care for someone else who's going through something really, really tough. And it brings the caregivers together. They can network with one another. They can also learn uh, from practitioners specifically how to be a better caregiver and how to practice self-care as a caregiver. 
um, because we find that a lot of caregivers give everything they they can to the patient but don't care for themselves, and they need to care for themselves. But it doesn't feel right to look after yourself when someone that you love who is very close to you is going through such a traumatic journey. You're exactly right, and, and caregivers are very selfless. However, what we see is a lot of sickness in the caregiver themselves because they're not taking care of, of themselves. And I can't take good care of you, Condis, if I'm not taking care of myself. Who are we expecting for this day? We're expecting about 100 attendees, and they will be educated by some of the best clinicians and doctors and physicians in the city, and as well as they will hear from other survivors just like themselves. There will be plenty of time to network and to feel that sense of community so that these patients and their caregivers don't feel like they're going through this alone. As you go through life doing this work, do you get a sense that we've turned a corner or are making progress when it comes to early diagnosis, treatment, and more survivors today than yesterday? We're definitely making more progress on the survivorship piece. And when you look back to the 1980s, survival rates are so much higher now. I think um, women who are diagnosed with early stage breast cancer are have a 99% five-year survival rate, which is up from 74% just in the 1980s. That's, those are huge advancements. But what we see in Atlanta is that women are still being diagnosed at later stage, which leads to higher mortality. And that's particularly prevalent in our African-American community. So the education about this disparity and the education about the importance of early detection is still paramount right here in Atlanta. And that's a lot of the work that we're doing at Komen Atlanta. That's a focus area for us. So what is it that, that we as black women are not doing? Are we not doing the self-exams? Are we not going to the doctor? Are we not getting those necessary mammograms? One of the, the many of the things that our research show include not talking about it. And what we see is that the black women in our community are strong, family-driven women who are taking care of everyone else but themselves. And if there is an issue, they don't necessarily share that with their friends or their families uh, because they want to make sure that they still appear strong enough to take care of all of those whom they need to take care of. So it's that we're But seeing, you can't take care of everybody else if you're dead. I know. I agree. I agree. So it doesn't mean that black women are not being screened because they are, but they're tend they're tending to go later. So they're being screened later when if there is a breast cancer diagnosis, they're being diagnosed at a later stage. So let me give you this stat. African American women in Atlanta are 30% more likely to be diagnosed at later stage than their white counterparts. 30%. That's a huge disparity. And what that leads to is a higher mortality disparity. So African-American women in Atlanta are 45% more likely to die of breast cancer than their white counterparts. That is unacceptable. That's almost half. No. It's not okay. And that's why the, the focus of the work that we do at Coleman Atlanta is on our African-American sisters. But we have to continue to push out this education piece. However, it's not enough just to know you need to go get a screening mammogram if you can't afford one or if you don't have transportation to get there or if you need child care. So that's the work that Komen does, too, is not only education, but following it up with the wraparound services you need to actually go get the screening done. And then, by the way, we'll pay for the screening. Um, you, it's, you have to make sure that we're following everyone through the full continuum of care. Talk to our listeners in more detail about that, Katie, because I don't know that that quite registered if I think I may have a problem and I need to be screened, but I can't afford the screening. There are resources available. Once I've had that screening with the resources you offer, 
you also provide wraparound services. Talk to us more about that. Absolutely. We wouldn't send you in for a screening mammogram just to leave you there if you needed follow-up care. So what we do is we bring you in for the screening mammogram. If you need a follow-up diagnostic mammogram or a biopsy or an MRI, which will hopefully rule out a breast cancer diagnosis, we'll provide all those services for you as well at the best healthcare locations in the city. And also at a healthcare location that's close to you so that you don't have to drive all over the place. But if there is an unfortunate diagnosis of breast cancer, we then work to navigate women onto Georgia Women's Health Medicaid that helps pay for the treatment. We also work with a lot of our hospital partners to make sure that these women get all the treatment that they need, even if they can't afford it. There are resources out there, but so many women don't know they exist. And we have to continue to push this message out so that they know there is care for them and that we are here for them. What do you say to women who you know in the back of their minds know something's not right and they just tell themselves, well, I don't want to know? Knowledge is power and you need to know so that you can take care of yourself. It's as simple as that. You have to take care of yourself. How do our listeners find you and find out about the services that Coleman Atlanta offers? The easiest place to go, since everyone has their own cell phone and computer, is to go to our website, which is comanatlanta.org. And I say that because not only will you find information about breast cancer in general, you'll also find very helpful tools about questions to ask my doctor or a family tree so that you can map out everyone in your family who's had a medical condition and bring that to your doctor so your doctor can talk to you about when you need screenings and what your risk might look like. But on the other hand, there's information there for resources for wigs or lymphedema treatments um, or someone to come clean your home if you're in current treatment. Um, And then also phone numbers where you can call us, talk to us one-on-one, and we can get you to a screening site that is close to you. And if there are any other additional resources that you might need, let us know, and then we'll let you know who in the city is doing that if it's something we don't do ourselves. What are some of the questions that women should ask their physicians when they are in that exam, they've had that screening, they're perhaps receiving news of a diagnosis that they wish they weren't getting? What are some of the questions that you need to know to ask that you don't think about in the moment because it's just so much? That's one of the reasons why I mentioned this guide about what to ask your doctor. We have a guide on our website that specifically says what to ask your doctor after a diagnosis because having as a survivor myself, I know what it feels like to get that diagnosis. And even if you are prepared for it, you're not prepared for it. Um, So we have that guide right there for you. But a lot of it just has to do with trying to understand what's going to happen to your body And then having to figure out how to put the rest of your life together because many of us have children we have to take care of or spouses or other family members and jobs. Um, So you really have to think about your entire life and then gather your support system around you because you don't have to go through this on your own and nor should you. Walk our listeners through some of the recommendations that exist for women on when that baseline screening needs to happen. How frequently after that baseline screening should follow-up screenings happen? And are they different for women of color as opposed to white women? Wow, these are great questions. I would say a number one, before I talk about any specifics, what every woman needs to do is talk to their doctor. Not every woman is at average risk of breast cancer. So you need to understand what your risk is. So go to your doctor, tell your doctor what other family members have had different types of cancer or other serious health injuries in your family. And then you can work with them to create the screening 
process and schedule that makes the most sense for you. Um, but for an average woman, we recommend that mammograms are provided every year starting at the age of 40. For women with dense breasts, which goes to your question about African-American women, African-American women tend to have more dense breast tissue. You might need an additional screening in order to better see early stage breast cancer, um, and which again goes back to the thing, the uh, topic I mentioned before about talking to your doctor so that you understand your individual risk. Because Condis, my risk is going to be a little different than yours, and yours is going to be a little different than um, your sisters. So we all have to know what makes the most sense for us. So annual exams beginning at 40, self-exams once a month. Do you guys offer instruction on, and it's one of those things that girls are taught when, when the breasts begin to develop, things that you need to know. But still, you that buddy system, I can remember back in the day, where did you do your self-exam? Did you do your self-exam? Have we forgotten to do those like we should I think people are still doing them, but what I challenge people to think about is not when when you think of a self-breast exam, do you think of the touch, the the feel of your breast, right? But there's so much more to it. It's self-breast awareness because it's not only how your breasts feel, it's also how they look. You might have a rash on your breast that could be an indicator of breast cancer, but if all you're doing is looking for a lump, you're going to ignore that and you won't go get that seen about. So there are a lot of things um, that can be indicative of breast cancer outside of just feeling a lump. So we ask women to really just pay attention, know your normal, so know what's normal for you. And then when you see anything that's abnormal, go talk to your doctor about it. Knowledge is power. Because of the changes in the healthcare law, are screenings for, are mammography screenings, those should be available to women virtually at no cost to them, correct? It's it's preventive care, right? Generally, but we still see a lot of women that fall in the gap between coverage that's provided through the Affordable Care Act and Medicare and Medicaid. So believe it or not, even in this day and age, there are women who cannot access breast screenings. And it really wasn't that long ago, and I think it's so interesting, that breast screenings weren't required to be covered by insurance companies at all. That law was passed in, in Georgia in 1991. Isn't that something? That is something. But we have made a lot of advances in the advocacy space. And just this past year, a law was passed that Komen and many others were supporting called Margie's Law that require notice to women with dense breast tissue. So if you go in for a mammogram or a screening and your doctor realizes you have dense breast tissue, they need to let you know that so that you can then, again, talk to your doctor to figure out what additional screenings you might need. What I'm looking to do and what Komen and, again, many others are looking to do is to push that law a little bit further. Because if you need to go back for follow-up care, we need to make sure that your insurance will help you pay for that follow-up care. Because we'll see a lot of women that just won't go back because they don't have the money to pay for the follow-up care. And that's not okay either. So we have to make sure we're giving women everything they need to get all the way through the process. So when the legislature comes back into session next year, expanding that law priority for you all, what else is on your agenda? That's a priority. The other priority we're going to be pushing is for survivors. So I'm a survivor myself. And when I go into, I had a single mastectomy. So I had one breast removed. I still have a, a one breast left. Um, when I go in for my annual mammogram, I'm required to get a diagnostic mammogram, which is an additional level of screening. I have to pay a little bit out of pocket for that because it's not covered by my insurance company at the same level as a screening mammogram. 
we see a lot of survivors that don't go in for follow-up care for that very reason. So we're going to be asking the legislature to think about how we can make sure that survivors have their diagnostic mammograms covered at the same rate as a screening mammogram because we want them to be able to go back and have that continued and often screening. Let me ask you this, Katie, about your own personal situation since you opened that up and shared. When you received your diagnosis now, how many years ago? You're a survivor, what? Nine years. Nine years. You had to be cancer-free for, you went back for regular screenings, and now you go back how frequently? I go back to see my oncologist once a year. When you got your diagnosis and you had a mastectomy, women I know now who have received a diagnosis in recent years opt in and go the Angelina Jolie route and do the radical double mastectomy. Why was that not your choice? My story is a little bit different because initially when I was diagnosed, it was stage three, so it was very advanced disease. I had five months of chemotherapy before I had surgery. So I had five months to really think about what it is that I wanted to do. I consulted my physician. I consulted my dad, who's a physician. I did a lot of research. I think, honestly, had I had surgery first, I probably would have opted for a double mastectomy myself. But I had all this time to think about it, and I made a different decision. And it was the decision that was right for me. But every woman needs to choose for themselves what is right for them. So we do see a lot more of the double mastectomy now um, after the Angelina Jolie effect. And I think that's the right decision for the woman who makes it. And the awareness of the the BRCA gene, that has really helped in the education space, correct? It has. So we know that there are several gene mutations that can lead to increased breast cancer and, and other cancers, too, that might encourage you to have a prophylactic double mastectomy or a prophylactic hysterectomy or oophorectomy. And we see a lot of women that are opting into this. But it goes back to what we've talked about before, this knowledge is power. You, have this, you can get this information about yourself and then make the decisions that are right for you. And the decision I might make might be different than the decision someone else would make. And that's okay. It's what's right for that woman at that time. If the men and women listening to us right now don't hear anything else from our conversation, what is it that you want to be their number one takeaway? A number one takeaway is early detection is the key to survival. So we're asking that people share this message of, Uh, breast health with their family, with their friends, with the lady in the grocery store. I'm kidding. But I mean, just we need to continue to push this message out. And people need to understand that there are resources available for every single person in our city to go have these screenings done. And it really can save a life. In what ways is Coleman Atlanta able to get out into the African-American community specifically with this education message for us to know that Resources are available, knowledge is power, and you don't have to be a late-stage diagnosis. We, are, we have a very robust communications plan about reaching our African-American uh, sisters, and it's everything from one-on-one touches where we will go out and do speaking engagements or talk to people individually at health fairs about their risk and about what we can do to help make sure they're getting screened. We've also done more um, social media pushes, just educating people about this disparity in Atlanta. Because I will tell you, people don't know that this exists. And the disparity for African-American women with breast cancer in Atlanta is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the country. And people need to know that. So in a way, it's about creating this this outrage to encourage the city that, to then rise up and, and join Komen in saying, it's not okay, we're going to fix this problem. To what degree have 
survivors in this community, specifically African-American women, been able to help you get out and touch other women one-on-one with this message to be screened and to know about the resources that are available to you? One of the best things that's happened to Coleman Atlanta in since I've been here in six years is the creation of our Sisters of Promise group, which is a group of influential African-American women who are working with us specifically to lower breast cancer mortality for black women in Atlanta. And what they do is go out into the community. They speak at their church. They speak at their civic organization. They bring us into their companies to do lunch and learns. And they put a face on this problem, respected face, and help us push this message out in a way that we as a Cohen staff wouldn't be able to do on our own. Um, And so it's all about just getting people educated and then getting them to take action. And this group of Sisters of Promise, that's what they're um, here to do. But we also add to that screening days, specifically focus on African-American women through that group, Uh, again, at faith-based organizations, civic organizations. We've, we'll show up to South DeKalb Mall and bring a mobile unit. Um, but we're very target, We're very particular about what we're doing and the impact we want to drive. And the impact we want to drive is to lower mortality for African-American women in Atlanta. If there's a woman listening who should be involved with Sisters of Promise, how does she get involved with you? She gets involved. Send me an email, um, cstone at comanatlanta.org. I'd love to hear from you hear what you're already doing, and think about how we can maximize the impact of the work that we are going to do. Because I'll tell you, we cannot do this on our own, nor should we. We as a community need to do this together. Absolutely. I was at the More Than Pink walk back in May, and when you look at the thousands of women and the men who love them turn out and walk, you see everyone. It is a complete representation of our community. It is, and breast cancer doesn't discriminate. It does not at all. How can others get more involved with Coma in Atlanta? We're coming up on Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, which is a great time to share this message of breast health. Um, But go to our website and see what we have going on. We have a huge Worship in Pink project that we do in October that's focused on faith-based organizations of all kinds, churches and mosques and synagogues. We would love to grow the number of organizations that are involved with us. We provide breast health education. We provide speakers. We provide a toolkit that explains to the organizations how they can push the message out to their congregations. Um, And then we're out and about a lot in October. We would love to come talk to your company, do a lunch and learn. We would love to come talk to your Bible study group. Um, Call us. Check out our website. We have some events coming up, our Bubbles and Bling event, but that's in February of 2020, so we still have some time to prepare for We'll that. have you back and talk about Bubbles Great. and Bling. I would but... love that. You can also sign your faith-based organization up for Worship in Pink at comanatlanta.org. It's the place to go to see all of the available opportunities to get involved. Katie Stone, was there anything I should have asked you, anything you wanted to make sure you left the audience with that I didn't think to bring about? The fall is a big time for us when it comes to raising funds to execute the work that we have. And I always like people to know, how much does a mammogram cost? What can we do with your dollars? We can provide a mammogram for a woman in need in Metro Atlanta for $140. That's it. Um, If you were to provide a gift to Komen for $1,600, we could provide a mammogram every single month for someone in need. So you don't have to. There are so many ways to get involved, even. um, Grocery shopping, I bet. 
Grocery shopping. In October, we have a pink ribbon campaign at Kroger stores throughout the metro area where you can go in and pick up your food for dinner and then make a $1 donation to Komen that really can help us achieve a much deeper impact in Atlanta with our breast cancer work. See, even with just a dollar doing your grocery shopping at Kroger, you can have an impact. Katie Stone, CEO, Komen Atlanta, thank you so much. Thank you, Condes. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program crafted with you in mind. If there's a guest you'd like to hear interviewed or a perspective you think should be explored, let me know. If you're old school, just write me. 1601 West Peachtree Street, Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309. Or message me via social media. I'm Condos Presley on Facebook, Condo29 on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen again next week at this very same time as we examine another perspective. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.